Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Dale, y'all! This is Tony. Raisa. Oscar. Y Carlos, and we are Spanish Aquí Presents! We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf. And we'll be bringing you the best of the best. Of lo mejor of Latinx comedy. Join us for new episodes every Tuesday. Cada martes. Martes. Spanish Aquí Presents is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donde sea, chico. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Gethard, and you're listening to the Chris Gethard Presents podcast. As you can hear in my voice, I'm angry because everybody, if you've been listening, you know, this usually is a part where Justin and I talk. Justin, who I want to be the host of this show someday, is late by over an hour. It's unacceptable. And believe me, when he walks through that door, he's going to get handed a new asshole, torn a new asshole. That's what I meant to say. Anyway, let's go. Hello, everybody. As mentioned, it's Chris Gethard. This is the uh, Chris Gethard Presents Companion Podcast. Chris Gethard Presents is a TV show and a podcast. You can watch the show live Wednesday nights. You can see it on uh, YouTube, and you can listen to the podcast every Friday. And you don't have to watch the TV show to get the podcast. You don't have to listen to the podcast to get the TV show. But if you listen to both, I think you'll have a real good time. Justin Linville, my co-host, is not here. He has big-timed me now to the degree that he isn't even showing up for the podcast. For everybody in the room, we'll show you in a second, but I've been encouraging him to outright overthrow me as the host of the podcast. I've been begging him to take the mantle on, and now he doesn't even show. But luckily we have a room full of uh, great comedians who I want to encourage you guys when he gets here, I'm going to pause everything, and I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind. And I think you should all let him know how you feel about having your time wasted as well. I think that that will be a very valid moment in the show and definitely funny and not uncomfortable at all. Let's go ahead and intro everybody who's sitting in this room. Uh, As always, I have a bunch of New York comedians I love. It's the whole point of this whole project, showing off New Yorkers who I think are great. Lorelai Ramirez, someone I've known for a while. Hi. We were first linked up, Lorelai. You and I, Brett Davis used to organize a show where he would link up comedians who didn't necessarily even know each other and yeah. have them do bits together. I think Lethal Lottery was the name. Lethal Lottery, yeah. He put you and I together. Uh-huh. And we did some real fucked up weird thing that I barely remember. Yeah, it was fun. It I remember was... asking you to hit me at some point. I was... I'm like, I'll fu- <laughs> I'm like, we can I'm like, you can hit me if you want. And I think we had just met. Yeah, we just met. And I like that you were down. I'm ready to rock. Yeah. I'm ready to go there. Let's do it. Lorelai, you know what I've always said? And I, th- I think I've told you this. I think there are a lot of comedians 
who I think especially in the past five years or so, there's been a big movement that I really enjoy and a lot of great stuff comes out of it, but where a lot of comedians go, I want to add an element of art to my comedy, almost like performance art. <laughs> and I've always said, I think you are one of the people who I consider an artist first and comedy happens to be one of your mediums. Thank you. I think it's very genuine when you get strange out there. I think it's, it's, it's not a construct. No, it's just the way I am. But thank you so much. It pours out of your brain. And of course, if you are uh, following the TV show, this means on Wednesday night, you invariably saw Lorelai's star-making turn as Preston, the I'm truly, Preston. The truly disruptive boy. She did it. She did it. Interesting turn that I did not realize until we were all booked in the same room. Uh, we actually, all four, is the first time I met Martin Urbano, Kelsey Kane, Lorelai, you were with me. We all did a show together in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and I drove us all home afterwards. Yeah. And I remember being very struck that evening. Here was my initial impression of you, Martin, and Kelsey was I remember you sitting on a couch when I had already gotten there. And uh, everybody was kind of talking, and you two were sort of off in the corner. Making out. Kind of make, I think this is an element of your relationship. Hands I wasn't sure if you want to. I, I wasn't sure if I should uh, note this part, but you, you are, you are uh, together in many ways, comedically and romantically. Absolutely. Wouldn't have it any other way. Now, I Aww. noticed, here was the initial impression I got from you guys, though, was that I started monitoring the bits. Everybody knows in a green room full of comedians, there's lots of bits. And I immediately thought to myself, these two like making trouble. This was my initial impression. <laughs> How in a, dare you? In a way that I loved. I was like, oh, you guys are kind of just like cracking jokes to each other and cracking each other up. And if other people want to go along with it, that's fine. You also had no qualms, it seemed, if other people were uncomfortable with this situation. And I gave that a big thumbs up right away. Hell yeah. What do we say? I don't Something even remember, weird. like, what kind of bits? It was just bits. It was just, you were already there. And I just remember you both had what I would describe as smirks, as as knowing <laughs> smirks in that this was about having fun. Causing, is this true? Would you say that your comedy is rooted in this idea? I feel like that's completely accurate. Are and we troublemakers? We're completely troublemakers. We know something that you all don't at I all got times. that vibe. <laughs> uh, we're a team set out to destroy the world. So Destroy. <laughs> I, I'm glad we're our brand is coming out. It really nice is and strong oh, wait, in Martin, these green rooms. I have something to tell you. <laughs> oh, look, oh, I an think inside she's about to break joke. up with me. An inside <laughs> joke. Imagine, imagine here on the show, an actual breakup. Yeah, I have something to tell you. I don't. I'm not in love with you anymore. <laughs> oh wait, you're still. But you're still speaking oh into the microphone. It's not private. I'm not in love with you. <laughs> hey, Martin. It's me, Kelsey. Oh my God. I just want to let you know. She does that a really good Kelsey. I'm not in love with you anymore. Kelsey, you're not even moving your mouth. How are you doing that? Hello? Hey. Hello? Hey, Lorelai. Did you hear that? No. Kelsey just broke up with me, I think. Oh, damn. I'm sorry. Are you guys going to get together now? Right uh, in front Yeah, I mean, if you like non-binary people, I'm down for either one of you. <laughs> you know, I this go is... both ways. Whoa. For either one is... of us? Wow. For either one of you. This has you... actually been a great... Stepping stone for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kelsey, you're reinvesting. If it becomes a poly situation involving Lorelai, you're now back into Martin, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. But then who am I with? Did you guys just, like, use me? Do you know you I'm were the one who with made you us guys. break up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with you. Yeah. Things I are moving too fast. made you break up because I'm in love with both of you. <laughs> I feel like this is a pop a mole version of a relationship. One option gets popped up, smashed back down. As you can see, my claim that all of these people are troublemaking weirdos has already proven correct. Going off the rails with a polyamorous breakup bit. 
<laughs> Normally at this point in the podcast, we do something called Justin's Bit of the Week. I allow Justin to do one bit to prove his mettle as a co-host and potentially the uh, person who will overthrow me in a coup by executing his own bit. Again, he is still not here over an hour late. Unacceptable. So we're going to move on. Uh, I'm really so excited. I think what just happened is proof. This is a uniquely positioned group of people that are willing to get. Like, so let me put this out here. Because here's here's what I was thinking about when we had you in the room. Just thinking about the uh, the TV show. So Lorelai, last night you played Preston. And there was a very, very interesting stretch that I loved. Where Preston started claiming that he had sex with potato people. He ate the potato people <laughs> and had sex with the potato people. Yeah, and they came to him for help. And, and you drove this idea of the potato people into the ground so hard uh-huh. that it was inescapable. <laughs> And it was very funny, but it also hit a point where I feel like I was not the only one in the room or at home watching who started to wonder, was Preston abused? Is this a part of it? Because this little boy might just be saying the word sex to figure it out because it's a thing he's heard about, as little boys like Preston do. It also seems like there might be something to this potato people idea (laughs) where something very dark has happened to Preston at some point. Right. Um, (laughs) There is no – honestly, it was improvised (laughs) – um, I'm kind of a genius at my craft. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And often when I improvise, I do go to <laughs> I do go to things that seem ambiguously um like uh yeah, like that. I horror, think. potential horror shows. Potential horror. This is a running theme in your work, I would say, is truly uncomfortable yeah. darkness. But it's I, I think it's really funny. To, I do too. To give people that um the option of thinking the worst thing, and the, but not saying what it is. I love it. Option. Yeah. I love it. Now, that also brings me to a moment I loved from last night as well. Martin was there to plug. Martin will, of course, be hosting next week's show. Kelsey, you will be a part of it. This will be Hell yeah. you're bringing people to comedy school, an actual comedy class unfolding. An amateur class, I believe you called it. Martin Urbano's comedy amateur class. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Indeed. People can. I am so excited for it. I think a lot of people are. Now, you were on hand last night. You did a live promo for it. And just to let people know how this works, as people have been doing these live promos, I write up a little dummy script. So that way you know, okay, we got to plug this person's episode, this person's episode. You're on and I say, rewrite this however you want. And you rewrote it a little bit. And there were audio issues. So you had to do it four times in front of the live (laughs) audience. And really, I would say you only tinkered with a couple lines, including the first line, which I want to say you wrote. I did not, which you proclaimed yourself. Uh, Latino comedian and registered sex offender. <laughs> and you wound up having to proclaim yourself a registered sex offender to the crowd four times in a row. <laughs> and, and I was this happy was a, to do so, you absolutely. Were, and you looked like a pig and shit. Now, what is it? Again, we have people in this room willing to go, why, this, I also want to point out for anybody listening to this in the future, you did a joke where the whole joke was you calling yourself a registered sex offender, not just on the week, but on the day that Jeffrey Epstein's teenage <laughs> sex ring was being fully uncovered in the media. Uh, I know. A huge loss for us all. <laughs> it's, no. it, was, uh, it was a sad day. Yeah, uh, and I just wanted to day. rep my, uh, my sex offenders. We're worried about Live him. on TV. You're I wanted them to know down that we it weren't. Now. It was like when. Uh, <laughs> never mind. I was gonna. I was gonna say something this that went too is what far. I for love you. about the people in this room, though. I call you. Let's. You almost tricked I, me into saying well, something super offensive. <laughs> Phew. Well, glad I, I didn't do here, that. I'm sitting here going, "Why do you find it funny to call yourself a sex offender?" And your response is to, in character, go, "Let's triple down and say I'm actually sad for Jeffrey Epstein." <laughs> So here's the first topic I want to. He's having a hard time. <laughs> oh wow, I'm uh, I'm already regretting. Allegedly, 
Right. No, I think, yeah. No, no I think that we have to he's be, be clear about that. Allegedly, <laughs> nothing has been. No, I want to. I want to just step in and say he has been convicted. No, definitely he's been allegedly not. Convicted. Allegedly. No, really, I would say the major issue people have is he was convicted and given a sweetheart deal that goes well beyond what anyone who ran a teenage sex ring should run. He served thirteen months in which is prison, enough. That's what a they work call release. He was allowed. Enough. He was allowed to leave the prison for twelve hours a day, six days a week. A lot of people are saying this is clearly a cover up where a billionaire was allowed to run a sex ring. Yeah. He was convicted. I it's mean, not allegedly. Okay, wait, this but there, not alleged. Okay, it's but there alleged. are seven days of the week, which means he was in jail one day of the week, which is a long fucking time. Yeah, too much jail, if you ask me. <laughs> the glee, the sick glee in all of your giggles. This is why I was so excited to have all of your hands again. I feel like this is the happiest part of all of your day is doing a pro-Jeffrey Epstein bit on, just to mark the date for anybody listening, so you don't look at him. July 11th, we're doing a pro-Epstein bit. We I love even... you, Epstein. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Hi, no. Epstein. It's Lorelai here. Met sending... oh, do we all want to send messages to Jeffrey yeah. Epstein? Hey, Epstein. It's me. Um, I would love some money, and if you need some help running the homes when you're in jail, let me know. I know a couple of girls. Oh, uh, no. I'm just thinking about your brother. Uh, don't think that we've all turned our backs on you just because some people have. Uh, I think you're <laughs> cool. He's crying. Listen, he's jacking off crying listening to this. You know, the name of his sex ring was Sweetheart off. Deal. Is that? Did he have a name? No. Oh, you're just giving it a cute name. You're branding it. You're branding it with something. It was called charming. Sweetheart Deal and it was sweet. The Sweetheart Deal was you, a teenager, can massage an old man who will then masturbate in front of you. Allegedly, uh, Chris. No, convicted. Allegedly. Once again, convicted. Allegedly until convicted. I see, until you give me a video that I can watch No, no, I see. <laughs> I myself. see what you're going for here. Really look over it. This is a trick for you alone. to get. <laughs> then I'll believe you. That's the only way. That's the only way. And then, you know, deep fake. Okay. Deep fake. This brings up a topic. This brings up the topic. I had two discussion topics. You are all people who find comedy in extreme darkness. This is clear. Again, let's just point out structurally what we did with that bit was pointed to a, a, we defended Jeffrey Epstein. We claimed that we liked him. We offered to help his sex ring. And then you used it in heightening the bit to a place where you used it as a ploy to try to obtain <laughs> child pornography. That's where we heightened Allegedly. that quote unquote comedy to. What <laughs> is your all personal? Limit? Every person in this room is somewhere I'm very interested to know. What are the topics? Where's your line? Where does it end? What's not funny to you? What are the things where you go beyond my comfort zone? I guess when people make fun of pedophiles in like a mean way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I really um, admire Martin's um, comedy because he knows that there's a lot of you know it's like we focus on certain minorities and some are just not on our minds you know so we're we're focusing on POC LGBTQ people people with disabilities uh, you know people of different ages and we're including them but we're not including the people that really make our society what it is which is people who are into underage <laughs> 
uh, adults, underage adults. I don't like to call them children. They're underage adults, and I remember being one and being horny, and I think that it's— oh, no. it's no. What? I think that it's— a, Here's a, what I love about what you just did, Lorelai, that I feel is a very Lorelai move, is we all knew what you were going to say, and you therefore took like a full 40 seconds to get to the thing we didn't want you to say. We all knew that was going to loop around to pro-pedophile— so you're saying we should extend wokeness to pedophiles? Yeah, yeah. and and really it, to everybody, to everyone, everyone should be included. Everyone should be. What if other we're being This is America. We gotta include everyone. This is, and they're already. Like the thing is, like, they're already included. Pedophiles, racists, racist, sexist. People don't think about racists enough, uh, but definitely the pedophile topic has been close to my heart because when you do comedy, people say you, sh- you should talk about what you know. And for the longest time, I didn't talk about being a pedophile on stage. And I wasn't being true to myself. <laughs> Let's loop it back to that, because I'm actually very interested with the people in this room. Can you remember any times where, no matter your intentions, no matter how much of a bit you were doing subverting the audience, at least in the minds of the audience, what's the? do you have any stories about the worst you've turned off an audience? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> uh, when you do the style that you all are clearly very good at doing, at some <laughs> point, someone will not, quote unquote, get it, and they will be very confused. And if they take what you're saying seriously, I would have to imagine furious. Are there times you can think of where you've gotten an audience so disturbed that it's become a problem? I did a bit on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh-huh. Where, <laughs> where I pulled out like uh, some Mad Libs and I got some suggestions from the audience, uh, you know, some nouns, some adjectives. And then I was like, all right, let's see what it is. And it starts off with, uh, I kind of, hey, ladies, gentlemen, and cars, in accordance with Section <laughs> 2250 of Title 18 United States Code, I am legally obligated to tell you that I, Martin Urbano, am a registered sex offender. <laughs> and so I said that on Disney-owned ABC, uh-huh, uh-huh. which was Cool as fuck. Uh, can I swear on this? <laughs> yes, 100%. Okay. Which is also so oh, yeah. funny. Can I call myself a pedophile right. but not Disney. swear? You're not, allowed yeah. to, you're not allowed to say the F word, but you can, at this point, quintuple down on being a pedophile. Yes, yes. That's okay. Okay. That's, <laughs> so you've I mean, that's, that's most spaces. Uh, yeah, so I did that. Those you know, got a huge that's applause. True. Everybody loved it. Uh, and then... Everybody loved it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it was incredible. Uh, people kept coming up to me afterwards saying how much they loved that bit. And then I would try to do that bit at colleges. They would not like it very much. I don't know what it well, was. Well, also, call it, I mean, in general, like having performed at colleges and being one of the snowflakes or whatever the fuck <laughs> we're called, um, colleges are hard because those kids' brains aren't developed yet. Yeah. They are not laughing because they don't know anything they don't know who i am no they, they don't, don't know, know what anything. i'm saying i'm like that was like early in my if you set talk before to them the... they're scared <laughs> this yeah. is very fun this might be one of the only thing like it's a club comedians and i will say like i walk all lines i do i am at a, a, a bunch of the clubs in new york i i've i kind of tread in all territory it's a very club comedian thing to think thing to say to be like fuck colleges they're too pc if this room is saying there might be something to that, then there might be something to that. Yeah, they're well, kids. Well, but also I dropped that bit and now I destroy at colleges. So right. I, we once did, to answer the question on my own of crossing a line, 
and you guys will enjoy this considering all the pedophilia themes of this week's episode. <laughs> we once did a bit on the Chris Gethard show on True TV. I think this is one of the things that most contributed to our show actually being canceled. Uh, the, the, oh, no. the, de- the, the destruction of my dream that I had fought so hard oh, for. Oh, no. We did a bit. We had Will Ferrell on the show. And the network was obviously so excited because he was he was he's one of the biggest stars we could get. And I think I think for True TV, they were very excited to have him on their network. And we decided to do a bit where he would lead us in a religious cult ceremony um, to try to force our ratings to go higher. Which I think is a pretty funny premise of like he's going to lead this weird mystical ceremony to force the numbers up. Now, background: um, I am someone I've talked about this publicly. I'm very prone to having. Um, mental issues and panic attacks. And the notes from the network got so out of control that we wound up in a big fight the week before this episode. And I had an outright mental collapse in the weeks between two episodes. So I went on live television in a very, very, very bad headspace. Oh, no. And Will Ferrell, who's already over six feet tall, was wearing platform boots, a white (laughs) suit, white cape, antlers. So he was literally over 10 feet tall. We made him this big giant book um, full of like spells. The Cocoon Central dance team, who I think we all know in this room, Mm -hmm. very, very funny experimental people. They came out and did a choreographed dance where they ripped off all my clothes, covered me in fake blood, threw dirt on me. And then we built a prop that was a 10 foot tall vagina where they rebirthed me by forcing me back through a vagina into uh-huh. the earth. Right. And <laughs> it, I think it had a lot of potential to be like visually and comedically just sort of like, wow, what the fuck is going on? But I was in such a bad place mentally that it, it went very, 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 very dark. Very dark. It missed the mark. I'm willing to admit. Now, an online conspiracy theorist took that footage. This is true and slowed down the audio just a bit. It was genius what they did. They slowed it down just enough that it had a weird effect, but not enough that you'd necessarily notice. So it just makes it unsettling to listen to. And they posted it. And if you Google Chris Gethard Pizzagate, there are many, many, many postings that claim that I am part of the Pizzagate Hollywood pedophile pedophile ring what due to a comedy bit that we did on true tv what that's wow. so mean it's that's yeah well that's I mean, how bad that bit went <laughs> wow that's how bad that bit went that i am permanently associated with pizzagate and then they were all talking about it on reddit and i found it and i started going in and taunting them they were all claiming that i'm personal friends with marina abramovich this is a rumor that is was, marina wow. part of pizzagate marina apparently is one of the main recruiters of children for the hollywood sex rings <gasps> I mean, what do they say with Jeffrey Epstein, which like... I'm sure nothing. I'm sure silence. Idiots. Idiots. If you are listening to this, go fucking look up Jeffrey Epstein. Everything that's happening with Jeffrey Epstein right now was because of a bit on the Chris Gather trip. It's true. (laughs) It's all a big misunderstanding. Yeah, Yeah, Because of their research, we're now... (laughs) We had a thing where a whole bunch of ping pong balls fell from the sky on top of him. He got a question wrong. And now it's led to him being regarded as this weird guy who fucks kids on planes, private jets. Oh, God. You know, I... I just want to say also to these Pizzagate people, if they're listening, I think one of one of the no, please, <laughs> please let's not. Okay, no personal message. No, do it, do it, do it. No, I was I was gonna say something nice. I was no, gonna, invite. Was just here's gonna the say thing. I was nice. gonna say this, something nice. This is why I wanted. I was so happy to have this group of people though, because this is. <laughs> no, I was gonna say something real. Okay, go for it. Okay, go for it. Yes, I'm gonna say. I don't know how exposing this is. This is very exposing. I'm going to say as someone who has 
right, people call a survivor of child sexual abuse, to make jokes about it is, um, it's like, you know, getting your power back. It, it's a way of like, of um, giving out, or, or of just like trying to um, bring lightness to something so dark that you for sure know exists, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's great about like joking about depression or suicide or whatever. And it's like, we like to joke about these really dark things in a way where you're not putting down the victims, which is usually the thing, and instead doing it to the uh, offenders and then and then making people question like your morality at the same time is so fun to do. Like, I don't know, in my own things, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I know I can do this because I've gone through it, you know, and I'm like confident that I um that my my pain can uh you know actually reveal some truth to these things. Well, I do feel I totally love what you're saying. It's important. I do feel like you more than almost anyone else I know though, you also love walking off the stage without resolving any of those yes. feelings for the audience. Yes. You don't wrap it up and you don't wink and nod at the end and you don't follow it up with a punchline that like when I did the my depression special on HBO there were a lot of times that got very dark and then a punchline punctured that balloon. You don't really pop the balloon. You'll fill up the balloon and then walk off stage. Yeah, and I've been starting to just like make it worse. This <laughs> <laughs> is like so much fun to do. I'm like, what is it? Like how, like what's the worst experience somebody could have in their brain? Like I've had a lot of people just be like, like I don't know why I was laughing and like kind of like this like, psychic torture stuff and I'm like this is great because that's all I want to do is like share in art torture together you know this is your philosophy on comedy Uh, yes let's share in torture (laughs) Torture. together yeah I think it's so fun you know I like something you said in the green room you said about your comedy that you warn the audience kind of now like you're like this is how it's gonna be (laughs) yeah and that was like my big lesson in controversial comedy like so Kelsey, for a you did a controversial <laughs> bit? Tell me more. For a while, I was going around doing this character um, named Penis CK. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you the, know... I believe videos of this started to spread, right? They did. I, I remember when this happened. They did. And so that was like my big comedy lesson I've learned right now is, um, you know, some people are not going to like your stuff you're doing. Um <laughs> But what tell, I tell us what the bit's about. Like what what okay. ha- what happens? So in the it? bit, I don't know if you guys know, but there's a comedian, no one specific, <laughs> who jerks off in front of people, mostly women, who are working for him. So he was doing that, and I was like, oh, let's give people a visual of what that would be like. That was like my big premise of it. Mm-hmm. Some people absolutely loved it, thought it was hilarious. It would crush sometimes. Other times, people were very upset. Lots of different kinds of upset. Some people were like, how dare you talk about this specific person? He's my close personal friend. (laughs) And then other people were like, and this is what I learned. And that's why I like that you said you like warn people now. This is like what my comedy is going to be like. Is like some people were sexual assault survivors who were like, this is very triggering to me to be at a comedy show. So then I started, whenever I was doing it, I took that feedback. I was like, that is 
unbelievably valid feedback. And then I would start warning people like way in advance that I would be doing that character on the show. And I saw that bit grow like from inception to from, you know, like just a a general idea. You were trying to work something out, like trying to figure it out. uh, And people hated it a lot because she was going up, you know, you're going up like in these spaces where people that's their God. And then you were doing that and it was like upsetting, like it was upsetting all kinds of people. But I saw it grow into something that was awesome. It was like a 10 minute bit at the end of it. And the first half was like this, like in character, not doing an impression, not doing anything, just kind of like making I definitely did not do an impression. (laughs) Uh, And then the second half was kind of like you just like being like, what am I, you know, I I started doing this. I don't know what I've become, right? Like you're just like kind of break, peeling back the the curtain a little bit and just like talking about your own experiences with it, your own experiences with assault. Yeah, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I definitely need to tell people that I'm a sexual assault survivor or else this seems like so out of context maybe. Um, So that was like a good thing, I think. But also not everyone saw it live. So people didn't know that. (laughs) Almost everybody being upset did not see it live. I think that was like a big, a big thing. I don't know. It is again, a thing I appreciate about this group of people in particular, though, of like writing comedy that is on such a tightrope where you realize like sometimes you're workshopping a bit and you're like, oh, I need to. Like, I know, like, I, I do a lot of storytelling. It'll be like, oh, okay, I need to, there's too many characters for them to follow in this. I need to streamline this. You're writing the type of comedy where you're like, oh, for this to hit punchline-wise, they need to understand that I've survived a sexual assault. Like, that is a level of going for it that is raw. Yeah. yeah. You, oh, boy. Wow. Look who's here. Let me get on mic. Thought the call time was 1.30, and guess what? Still didn't even make that on time. Didn't make the 1.30, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> been here since noon. Didn't make the 1.30. How's it going? I apologize for being late, gang. You're the co-host of the goddamn show. I know. I'm sorry, folks. What have you guys been talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, oh, yeah. where the fuck you been, man? I thought the call time, I thought the podcast was taping at 1.30 p.m. I was in bed My friend Jesse got a cat, and I was visiting the cat. Come on. I was visiting the cat. I was visiting the cat. Oh, wow. These are busy, hardworking people who don't have time to waste. For sure, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I think it's valid. Yeah, I apologize. How is the cat? Yeah, Justin, you're cool. It's all right. That's, I disagree with Chris. Yeah, Chris is You guys are me. okay with the fact that Justin totally bailed on hosting because he hung out with a random cat? I'm angry. What's the, I'm with Chris. What's the cat's name? <laughs> Her name is Earl Grey. No. Don't want to be giggling Earl, about this. Earl Grey. Let me go ahead and stop us right there. I think we can all agree things are getting a little too hot and heavy, so we're going to uh, press pause. We'll be right back. Now let's go ahead and uh, get back to pedophile talk. I apologize. I apologize profusely for being late. Um, it wasn't my intention at all. I just got my wires crossed. I thought the podcast was at one thirty. It wasn't See, my intention. I'm going to start saying that when I'm late. That's I will. Good. I will it say, just intention. I'm already feeling guilty giving you shit because you can. I mean, we all. It's an audio medium, so we have to describe. You are literally covered in sweat. Covered you clearly in sweat. sprinted to get here. I had to get here from bed and it was just like, oh boy. But um, yeah. Now but, what? So Harry texts you. You realize that you're over an hour late. Yeah. Walk us through these emotions. So I, I, I look at my phone. I put down the cat. Um, and I, uh, just sort of panic. I got to, I just run to the G train and, um, yeah, 
no explanation to your friend? Or are you like, oh, uh, I was like, oh, I got to go do the podcast. I, for, I got my wires okay. crap. Justin's finally here. He's putting his stuff away. I'm getting my stuff out to getting, prepare for the... Oh, your bit of the week. The bit of the week, yeah. Okay, Justin's bit of the week. For you guys who just got here, Justin is going to host this show someday, but he has to overthrow me first. Clearly, this week is not his, not his strongest <laughs> showing as far as being on a... Uh, as a responsible host. But Justin, every week does a bit. I don't vet the bit first, and then we just see how it goes. And to say, Carmen Christopher has heavily criticized the quality of your bit stuff <laughs> thus far. Mm-hmm. Other people, I think, have had a lot of fun with them. Christy Cielo liked them. Uh, Carmen has said you're not, that you're kind of half-assing it. And, and you're really late this week, so I think this bit has to be very strong to redeem you. Do you feel like this is a quality bit, Justin? Um. Well, I'll let you guys be the judge of that. Um, this week's, uh, please welcome to Justin's bit this week. Please play the theme song. It's the theme song for this week. It's time for you to come and play a game with me and all my friends. It's Justin's bit. Justin's bit. Hope you enjoy and feel at home today. So this week, um, before we get into it, I just just say you've written new theme songs every week. They're getting progressively longer. Yeah, yeah. And I want you to know that I do notice that. That one, the well, you know, the track. Uh, okay, let's do the bit. Okay, great. So this week, uh, this week's bit is called "We Got a Bunch of Clowns Up There." Um, it's Justin's takedown of the Democratic candidates of the 2020 election. Marianne Williamson, the only policy I want to see you reform is the policy that lets weird people like you run for president. Beto O'Rourke, hey, the circus called. They want their prize clown back. Kamala Harris, you think you're so cool? I tell you what would be really cool. Get the fuck out of my face. Elizabeth Warren, knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? Nobody. What? Nobody Nobody who? who? Nobody you. You're a nobody. Bye-bye. Bernie Sanders, universal health care. The only health care you're going to need is bruise insurance for when I punch you in the face. Get the fuck out of here. What wait, is this? Wait, guys. Uh, Sounds So just so you know, so there was, last week there was an alien named Patio who tried to take over the show. And um, this is his theme song. Okay. Sorry, guys. Stupid human. It is I, Patio the alien, the android from last week's computing. Sorry, I'm so sweaty. I can't do the patio voice very well. Um, patio. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is I, Patio, the alien from the alien android from last week's episode. My vehicle has reached your planet. I'm ready to extinguish all human life. <laughs> this is where you guys would ask: Is there anything we can do to? What can we do to stop? Let me finish. God, so rude. Unless you can answer my computing, computing question that I found on an Earth website, I will extinguish all your life. Do you want to hear my question? Yes. So the bit is we have to answer the questions right or you destroy Earth? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one question. Okay, it's just one question? Just one question. Okay. That he found on an Earth website. Who was the 16th president of your United States of America? The abolisher of slavery and the issuer of your Emancipation Proclamation. I mean, we all know 
we're all staring at you because it feels like a weird trick. Because <laughs> yeah. that's Abraham Lincoln, definitely. You got it! I will now self-destruct and you will never see me again! <laughs> oh, no. That, oh, no. Hold on. That was the whole bit? Yeah, the bit. So let me just walk you through what happened there. Um, <laughs> the po- The politics bit was sort of a dummy bit to get to... Um, oh. patio's transmission. So it was really just, uh, the idea is I start a bit and then patio cuts it off and then patio underwhelms you. That was the game. Well, I was mission going. accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Now here's what I need to ask. Yeah. Between the theme song, the clown music, when you said clown, you're also, for anybody listening, you're waving your hands around, throwing <laughs> audio cues to Harry, Harry and Jerry. A high level of audio production, start to finish, except at the end, you do the explosion sounds with your mouth? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. That was with your mouth? That was, that was with my mouth, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I just thought it would be funny to do it with my mouth instead of a, a cue. Um, and to me, that was hilarious. Um, I agree. I love it. You yeah, were into I that bit? We're I, voting I, pro I don't normally like yeah. political no, comedy. Would, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is the first... Political <laughs> joke I like. I like when the robot died. Yeah, yeah that I like that too. Yeah. You three are telling like me that. Is... I liked when to the it. robot died. Yeah. We just had so much discussion of comedy theory and how your guys' brains work, and you're telling me you all are giving a yeah. thumbs up to that. Yeah, bit. absolutely. Yeah. Look, do it again. It's like, yeah. yeah. I could do it. I'm a pedophile. Yeah. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What? It was gone. <laughs> Nothing. It's normal stuff. Just regular old Martin. Yeah. Start to finish pedophile bits has been most of this episode. All right, what do we think? Do we should we get into the calls? I'm not sure how we're doing on time, Jared and Harry. Yeah, yeah we've got callers. Okay, we've got callers. Martin, you're hosting next week's show. <laughs> One of the elements of this show, uh, the CGP show, is it's live. We take calls on the show, and I think a lot of comedians. That's a little bit of a daunting proposition. So we can use the podcast to both plug your upcoming episode and have you practice the live call experience. Hmm. Great. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. You have the calls here. Um, What do I need to do? So look, it lists the names. So this is just like it'll be in the teleprompter. It'll show you their name, where they're from. So you just figure it out. You'll just say the person's (laughs) name and where they're from, and then they'll know they're the one on the line, and then they'll talk to you, and then you can lead. I'll pass the Mm -hmm. buck to you. You're now leading the discussion with all of us. Martin doesn't know how to read. What? (laughs) What? Ruben from San Jose. You're our first caller. What the fuck is up? <laughs> What's up, you disgusting pedophile? <laughs> <laughs> what is up? Are you a pedophile as well? Am I speaking to a friend of the fam? Jesus Christ. Oh I, you oh know, the worst part is I have a mustache. So I that get that. That is the worst part. You're right. What, what's up? Sorry, I cut you off. It's my first time talking no, it's to cool. someone on the phone. So, uh, no, what? it's cool. Um, no, go for it. What were you going to say? It's your show. Okay. Uh, we're talking comedy. Say, we're talking comedy here, Ruben, yeah. from San Jose. Uh, what do you think yeah. about What do you think about everything we've said? He has a question about <laughs> comedy, period. You're reading now what the producers are letting you know to help move on. Hell yeah. Okay. Hey, Ruben from San Jose, <laughs> give me your question about comedy. Yeah, so, um, so Please for don't me, push buttons I on run you. a show. Mm-hmm. I won't push buttons, I promise. Okay. You run a show? I... I I run it. I run a show, and for me, um, so it's kind of like a weird niche show uh, where it's, what we do is we get five comics, we 
make them do improv bits. They pull envelopes. They have to figure out what to do right there on stage. And then the audience chooses what they liked best. And then they come back and do their regular planned bits. Um, but the place where we're doing it, all right. And uh, where's it at? Down. And how can people find it? No, 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 no. I, I, right. I, no, no, no. I'm not looking for promotion. Um, okay. What are no, you looking for? Not about What's that. your question? But how do you pump a show that like has like a weird niche to it? Like, because I know with like Chris Gethard show and all this kind of stuff, there's like, and obviously you straight up go, "Hey, I'm a pedophile on stage." Like, how do you pump that? Whoa, and whoa! There's a little more nuance. <laughs> You know what I mean? Where there's this weird, like, there's like, hey, I'm gonna come in and say some shit. Like, how so do you're you asking, how do you get people in the room? How do you generate a fan base while doing material along these weird lines? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, how's the show? Is it like a funny show? Like, do people have fun at it? Oh yeah. All right, we'll just have yeah, them absolutely. tell other people. All right, next caller. <laughs> Next caller, caller two from no, no Ruben. Thank you so much for your question. Uh, I don't know how to promote a show. Uh, you think I'd be here if I knew how to promote my own shows? Uh, caller two from New Jersey. You're on the line with pedophile chat, presented by Chris Gether. No, 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 no. I'm not hosting pedophile chat. No, 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 no. We're talking comedy here on pedophile chat. Caller two from New Jersey. <laughs> do you have a question about comedy? Yes, I do. All right, lay it on us. Yes, I do. So, I'm looking to become a comedian. How do you use tragedy do plus time to get that? <laughs> How do you okay. use tragedy, tragedy plus time? Do you I have that for my comedy? Okay, are you trying to use comedy to talk about your tragedy, or you just have heard uh, that using tragedy can can help? help it are you like specifically going into comedy for to exercise some demons in a way um both okay uh i, I want to exercise demons and um i think it would be uh fun to make fun of myself and my situations well don't make fun of yourself no need to all right okay. watch watch hannah gatsby's nanette that's the whole thing is that she doesn't want to do self-deprecating jokes anymore go in it with full confidence all right. You think uh, if if uh Wow. Real advice. <laughs> yeah, Real I, advice. I like her. She seems cool. Uh you didn't like not Ruben? like Ruben from fucking San Jose. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Ruben. He's Collar still two. listening. Uh no, he seems cool. Uh everybody's cool when when I when I'm being real. Um Yeah, just fucking own it. Just uh you think <laughs> you think if I was calling myself a pedophile? Uh, and being sheepish about it and being self-deprecating, like that it's a bad thing to be a pedophile, that people like it. No, people Shut like up. that I'm bold. <laughs> people like that I'm, yeah, just fucking own it. And uh, that's all I got on that one. If but, I uh, can jump in, because yeah, this went Chris, genuine. Please, please I will say, in. when you use your demons and when you get very real, there's no way around bombing. Anytime you're yeah. working new material, you're mm -hmm. gonna bomb. So just understand that when you bomb with material like that, it is brutal and hard and a particular type of loneliness that is not pleasant. But if you can get to the other side of that and actually make something out of the material, it becomes material that's that's untouchable and no one else could have ever generated it. And yeah. when it hits with people who it means something to, it's going to hit very hard. But it's an insanely daunting and lonely process to bomb with something that actually comes from your past experience yeah. especially if that experience is painful uh, yeah 
extremely I, I beneficial. I, I've also, Chris, I've heard you talk about like, you know, when you have that one laugh though, where, you know, you don't feel as alone when somebody can identify with your demons too, is also a very um, right. good feeling. When I was doing career suicide, I, it was bombing hard and that was awful. And then I started to notice there'd be like one or two people laughing and then they'd invariably wait for me and be like, that was really funny. I've tried to kill myself too. And I was like, wow, this is getting, like, I'm sure the same thing for you. Sometimes you hear one laugh from the back of the room and you know that's someone else who touches children inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> My hope is to touch those people as they touch children. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was awesome advice from Chris. And yeah, Career Suicide was an incredible special that I absolutely loved. Thank so, you. yes, everything that Chris has said, uh, listen to that. I'm just being uh, pretty wacky up here. But, yes, do own it. I, I uh, yeah. <laughs> this next yeah. this next guy has called the show okay. multiple times he's been on this podcast. All right, next up we got, uh, thanks thanks for calling Caller 2 from New Jersey. Next up we got Sam from ATL. What does that mean? <laughs> chomp, chomp, what's up, my pizza gators? Yeehaw. Um, no. How, how quick can we hang uh, up on something? <laughs> <laughs> Sam from Atlanta, okay, what's your question? Quick, uh, question? Yeah. So, um, I, the art of the dad joke, I think, is long lost and, uh, you know, kind of hard to do because most of them come off really corny. So, my question to you guys is what is the absolute greatest dad joke you've ever heard? Dad jokes. Actually, this is a. Uh, personal topic for me because sometimes one time somebody called my comedy just a bunch of dad jokes and i was offended until i found out that person was woody allen's daughter and then i got <laughs> oh my god that's a really good joke oh my god. i think you need to say that on stage <laughs> yeah. that's amazing oh my god <laughs> I took my glasses off and threw them and held my face in shock. Was that off the dome or is that, were you sitting on that? Uh, you don't have to I, reveal your secrets if you I, don't want. I definitely have tweeted that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all of my jokes are apparently dad jokes because they're kind of corny. But because they're so offensive, uh, that adds something to it. So if you want to do dad jokes, just add a, add another level to it more than just uh, relying on a pun. That's all I got to say. Do you guys know Brad Howe? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. He's like, he's I feel like he's like king of dad joke dad humor. Jokes. Do you have one yeah. it's like off not, the top of your dome? No, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to think I don't have the, one off the, the top, top of my, of my dome, but I really respect how he doesn't. It like feels like it's dark in some way, but it isn't mm. at all. You know, he it's just like very dad jokey and I he, feel like Joe Rumrill has some similar yeah. jokes. Not all of his jokes. He has some that are like charmers where you're like, Oh, yeah. Joe. It's definitely like from? a style you can still tap into a and sweetness like sweetness and a tenderness. Yeah. I think as as long as it's like genuine that your interest is in that. I'll also say too, there's a writer on the Chris Gather show named Drew Johnston. He does more improv and sketch than stand up, but he is a master of a dad joke and I want to make sure I shout him out. Look him up, Sam from ATL. Yep. Goodbye oh, forever. Yeah. All right. Good talking. Next up, we got Graham from Utah. Graham, you're on the line. Hey, what's up, guys? I just want to know, uh, Martin, do you have a uh, season pass to both Disneyland or do you just kind of go day by day wherever you're feeling at? <laughs> uh, is this just based off of what I've said? Because in my bit on Kimmel, I did say that... Uh, Somebody shouted out Disneyland, which is the final the final punchline. Um, what where, did you have? You listened to my Kimmel bit? 
Or are you just coming off? 100% with- have no clue who the fuck you are. All right, next up we got June from Mississippi. June from Mississippi, you're on the line. You walked into that one. Wow. Man. I, fuck, I don't even have a question. What is comedy? What is comedy? What is comedy? I want to know. What an amazing... That's is a it, good question. Th- what a fi- great final call. What is comedy at the wow. end of the day? we've came, Philosophical. I feel like that's what we've been kind of dancing around with this whole conversation. What Everybody has a different opinion on what comedy is or isn't. And personally, I think that comedy should be hard punchlines told by Latino people named Martin. And that's just how I feel about comedy personally, but it changes on uh, on whoever you're asking. How, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't mean to be impolite, but how, how hard of a punchline are you talking? Are we talking like, is it medium hard? Are we how talking hard? yellow hard? Or is this like rock hard? You know, is this like... Oh, you know hard? it's rock hard. It's water hard? It's rock hard? For me personally, I love a rock hard punchline where you can tell that the person on stage is, like we said, rock hard. I like to see a comedian with a boner on stage um, or for them to be very wet. I'm all inclusive. Uh, and as long as they're speaking from their sexuality, that, that, that is really what I prefer and what I like. It's why I talk about being a pedophile on stage. Do you know what I mean? What's your name? Huh? What's your name? My name is Martin Urbano. I was on Jimmy Kimmel Live. You can look it up on YouTube, just as Graham from Utah did. And was doing a funny bit about how you didn't know who I was. But, uh, like, you know, Lorelai, what do you think? What do you think comedy yeah, is? Put me on hold. Cut me off. Oh my God. Is that Graham He's from back. Utah? Back? What the fuck? Get out of here. Graham hacked the line. He's taking control. He's hacking the line. We cannot hang up on him. He is Graham, you've stolen. He's part of Pizzagate. Graham, you've stolen control of the show. Are you back to insult Martin even more? Graham, I I forgive you. No, I know. I, I I wasn't going after Martin. It's a, I mean, it was low hanging fruit. It's his pin. It really, it sure was. Graham, people to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You you I, brought up Disneyland. Yeah, I it's I, I did a bit on Jimmy Kimmel Live. You can look it up on YouTube about. Yeah, being a pedophile that involved Disneyland. See, so when you ask Wait, if I... Wait, I'm sorry, what was the bit on? Is June here? June's here too. I didn't know this was possible. <laughs> Is it possible? Are you guys in the same place? How many people can we conference in at once? Oh my gosh. Are there more people we can potentially conference in? Am I back? Wait, everybody identify yourself. Yeah. Everyone say your name, please. What's up? It sounds like hell. It sounds like, like, oh my God. I'm in in Atlanta traffic. This is hell. Sam from Atlanta is still online. Graham from Utah. Utah, I'm I'm in heaven with all the Mormons. Who was that? Who's in heaven with the Mormons? Is that Ruben? That's that's Graham, I think. Whoa, okay. That's a little presumptuous. All right, Graham. Because we can't get rid of you, I gotta ask you. Oh, hey, Jersey. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is have multiple wives and you go to heaven. (laughs) Graham, what do you think comedy is? Uh, I think comedy is finding the most obscure niche thing and just enjoying mocking it and laughing at it as much as you can. Mm, I disagree. Uh, Sam from Atlanta, are you there? What, what do you What do you think comedy is? Sam from Atlanta, if you're still there, um, I think comedy is the synergy between an audience and a really good joke. And sometimes it's a comedian making his audience absolutely uncomfortable 
to the point of dive bombing on stage. His or her audience, or their audience. There, I'm a they them. Yes, Sam. Yes, Sam. Uh, better? Yeah, I'm Better, sorry. but not perfect. Caller 2 from New Jersey, what do you think comedy is? Are you still there? Um, Com- comedy, yes, comedy is connecting with your audience and also uh, relating with them while um, making, like, I think making them uncomfortable to the point that, they, that they're so uncomfortable that they start laughing. Boom, there it is. Caller 2 from New Jersey already has a better head than Sam or Graham. Uh, can, from I Mississippi. You, can I, oh, can I chime in about what comedy is? Wait, who's on the line still? We still have Caller 2 from New Jersey, Sam from Atlanta, Sam, Graham okay, from Utah, you, and June from Mississippi. Okay, you, can you guys all answer at the same time what you think comedy is at the count of three? <laughs> one, two, three, go. A big oh, yeah. Can you take a bowl big of Martin fry, big bowl of Where I killing yourself. Crack. <laughs> Okay, so you see Eating what, way too many French fries. Okay, do you see what just happened there? How none of you made any clear kind of none of you stuck out more than the other one. You all kind of blended in, and nobody heard what you were saying. That's comedy. That I feel like 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 Whoa. asking asking what is comedy is like is like um like in philosophy. There's like the the question that people always go after, which is like, what is a being, right? And that always changes and you can't ever pinpoint it because it's like a question that's going to keep, there's going to keep being different discoveries during the our time and the times after us, you know, after we die. And I feel like comedy is like that. Like it's just, um, you will never know what it is. And there's so many different types of perspectives and it's just about exploring what makes people laugh. Absolutely. And I, I realized... I almost got to hear I didn't hear what you said. I realized <laughs> lately that I really get a kick out of making people I like laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's very simple. What a simple epiphany I've right. had this late into doing uh, comedy. And I've been doing comedy for over three decades now. Uh, so <laughs> You're not that old. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> you have not been doing this. Just for make three people decades. make people you like laugh, and don't worry about trying to make people you don't like laugh. Because yeah. there's going to be people who will never think you're funny, and yeah. if you're always seeking their approval, you won't be happy doing comedy. And hey, aren't we all in comedy to be happy and make each other laugh? Yeah, and make yourself laugh. Make yourself make yourself yeah. laugh. Make people you like laugh. Boom, comedy. Does, does this it. has been. Pedophile talk with uh, Chris Gathered uh, and friends. All right. Bring it back. And on that happy note, it brings us to an end of an episode. I want to thank everybody for being here. Go out and follow Lorelai Ramirez, Kelsey Kane, Martin Urbano. Justin, thanks for finally gracing us with your presence. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I'm sorry I'm late. All right. We end every episode. It's not just about uh, supporting comedians. It's arts, artists of all kind. I have a lot of friends who are musicians. Mm-hmm. So excited to end with this week's song. It's one of my great friends in the world. Someone who I've known for a bunch of years now. New album coming out called Pity Boy. This is Malblum, the great Malblum with I Don't Want To. Some people have commitment issues heard through the grapevine that you moved into a whole new life. Pay your bills on time, not month to month like some other guys. I'll never be like that. I can't tell you why. And you say no.
This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Raisa Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents. We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que nos está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aki Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. O donde sea. Spanish Aki Presents. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.